0: well welcome back to another episode of unwired let's try to bring the music down let's welcome us to another episode of unwired maybe we should start over okay hang on a second welcome to another episode of unwired there we go i think that was a better opening what do you think Okay, so we're back to our regular microphone, our Tascam PC1, blah, blah, blah. What is it, a TC something? I I never remember. But it's a, uh, I think it better suits my voice. The NT3, which I would hope is a better microphone, eh, it might be better for somebody else, but we're back to our regular one. And no more tube amplifiers, even though I might try it again with this microphone and see what difference it makes. But I have not had great success with that Art Tube MP. So, back to our normal, regularly scheduled programming. So I wanted to talk today about DMX. Not the rapper. We're talking about... Wait, let you me know what? Let me look this up. Let's learn something together, shall we? What does DMX stand for? And of course, YouTube... Excuse me, um, Wikipedia first comes up with the rapper who's from Brooklyn his name is Errol Simmons okay but that's not what we're looking for we're looking for DMX and what it stands for checking checking it's hard to say and we're continuing to look for DMX explanation how about that the explanation DMX explained let's go Digital Multiplex, that's what it stands for, Digital Multiplex, is a standard for digital communication networks that are commonly used to control stage lighting and effects. Okay, Digital Multiplex, we learned something new, DMX. So, let me give you a little backstory. Uh, as of now, Christmas is coming up, less than a month away, and there was a talk at my church about doing a little bit of a light show. Now, we have some stage lighting, we have some up lighting, that can be controlled by DMX. So I said, hmm, let me give this a try. I even went and looked into some moving lights. I said, hmm, let me give this a try. And I realized I don't know very much about DMX controls. There's quite a bit to understand about them. So as we are able to do now in this generation, we go out and we search for YouTube explanations of what we need. And I've come across a couple of good videos. Uh, There's someone called Learning Lizard. He has some very good basic explanations of how to set up uh, DMX systems. Now, here's where terminology uh, becomes interesting. Uh, There is... Uh, multiple facets to DMX. It's not just say, oh, I'm going to turn on the red, green, and the blue of this light. Each light has particular specifications. Each controller also has particular specifications. So you can get a controller that can control 128 or 256 or 512 channels. Now, okay, in the audio world, a channel, one microphone is a channel. You may have two channels for keyboards, but you control each of them individually. Now imagine if you stick a keyboard in, and because of the features of the keyboard, it's going to automatically take up six channels. Say, okay, now my 64-channel board doesn't seem to be enough for all the things I want to do. Two keyboards, and I'm already using 12 channels. The other thing is... Each device is addressable. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, think of an address. You get mail delivered to your address. It's not going to go to your neighbor's address. Have you ever seen some neighborhoods where the numbers are not sequential? They always skip a number or two? Um, DMX is like that. So I have three different lights sitting here. And I can set up how many channels each light uses by setting up the different channels per light, it changes how you can configure them. You follow me so far? Good, because it took me a while. So, one light can either do six, 10, 14 channels. If you set it to 14 channels, that means you'll need 14 faders to control everything. You don't have to use all 14, but it gives you more control. You can, change the intensity of certain colors, you can either mix certain colors, or you can control how much of the light comes on at a particular time. Now, when you start talking about moving heads, it becomes even different. You can control pans and tilts. That's the way the head moves back and forth. You can control the speed of the movement, and then you can control the colors. Now, all the lights that I have are RGB lights, which means... There, they have red LEDs, green LEDs, and blue LEDs. And from there, you mix and match different colors. Now, of course, the better the lights, the smaller the LEDs, the more intense, or um, the better the saturation, the better the color reproduction. Let's just say my budget isn't that great. So I have uh, less qualified lights. Like one set of lights I have literally have three bulbs on them and I think each bulb has one of the three uh, each of the three colors RGB. And there's some that have the separate white so you do an actual white and there's some that combine the colors to do white. Okay? You follow me so far? So so far we've dealt with channels. Okay, so you have you have a number of channels set to your controller. And then you have uh, channels that you can set your system up to use a particular number of channels. And you can daisy chain them if you set two fixtures to the same number, to the same starting address, same starting channel, uh, then one control will control all of them. And if you change them, you have to change them according to how many channels are set up to be used. You follow me so far? Okay, so if you have your first set of lights that use 10 channels, then you have to start your second set of lights on the 11th channel. Now here's where I have a little bit of confusion because I have read that the controller also determines how many lights, uh, excuse me, how many channels can be assigned to the first one. So I have a 14 channel controller and... I have my light set for 10 channels. That still means I need to start the next set of lights on the 15th channel, because my controller already assigned the first 14. Now, even if I don't use the first 14, I've read that I need to set up the second set of lights on the next set of channels. I'm confused by that. I've been trying to test it out and I've had some issues where, even though I've set up the second set of lights on a further channel, that the, the um, faders that I'm trying to set for the second set of lights are also affecting the first set of lights. I'm confused. So I need to dig a bit deeper. Okay, so now once you get your channel set up, let's say I have it perfect. Because I did it for the moving lights. I got them set up just fine. I have them set to, what is it? 13 channels? I have them set in the 13 channel configuration and they're doing everything they're supposed to. They're not overlapping. I only had one set of lights that was overlapping. Okay. So now at that point you have to save a scene and a scene is just a static setup. You you go in and you determine Your configuration, okay, your first set of lights are going to be set to green at 50% intensity. The moving heads are going to be pointed straight down, and they'll be showing red. Because remember, we're doing Christmas, we'll just stick to red and green for now. And the third set of lights, which are also static, will just be showing red. So we'll have green, red, green. We save that as a scene. Now, each controller does it differently. You set up your scene, then you save it as a scene. Then you configure your lights to do something else. You may set the first set of lights to now show red, the moving heads to point to the left and a bit forward showing red, and the third set of lights to show green. Okay, you save that as a second scene. And so forth and so on. Your third scene may be all the lights show in green. Then your fourth scene is all the lights show in red. But the moving heads are, are moving. Okay? Then, at that point, you create a sequence or a chase. Why is it called a chase? I don't know. I'm not digging that deep into it. But you can set up a sequence. And what that means is we've set up four different... Did I say sequence? Yes. We've set up four different scenes, and so our sequence can be those four different scenes in whatever order we want. We don't have to go one, two, three, four. We can go four, one, two, four, three, one, two, one, whatever. And that becomes a chase or a sequence. And with my controller, I can set up 20 scenes within one chase. And so when I turn my controller on, the lights will turn on. I I can hit scene one and they'll jump to scene one. I can hit scene two, they'll jump to scene two, or I can set up, I can press the chase button, hit run, and it will move between the different scenes. Now, at this point, I can control how quickly it moves between them and how quickly it fades between them, because you could actually have it fade from one to the next. So even though you've set up static scenes, the lights will transition for those of you who do video editing you can do fades or cuts and it'll transition to the next part of the sequence the next scene within the chase you follow me so far good now the great thing is you can set up multiple chases i have not figured out with the physical controller how to sequence chases so you can have one chase just follow the other. I'm not sure you can do that. But the good thing is you can just have them loop anyway. So you can have one chase loop, loop, loop um, continuously. Now, what I've discovered is using a physical controller is a time-consuming process because we don't have flying faders. In, in other words, it doesn't remember the scene you set. So understand you're going to... You're gonna control fixture one or address one. You're gonna set the parameters. Move to address two. Once you go to address two, the faders are still in the same position for phase for. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> so we're gonna address. Uh, we're gonna configure address one, which is your first set of lights. You're gonna set your faders. You're going to choose address 2, which is your second set of lights. Then you have to adjust your faders. Then you have to basically remember what your first set of faders are for 1 and 2 as you go to 3. Because then when you, when you save that scene and you want to go to save the next scene, your faders are still in the place of your first scene. So what I've discovered is it's a really arduous task. you got to really think these things through and plan it out. Write down, have a matrix, and say, okay, for scene one, uh, bank one of lights is doing this, bank two of lights is doing this, bank three of lights is doing this. This is fader one to 14, and each fader is set to X, Y, Z, whatever. Then for scene two, X. Then for scene three, Y. Then for scene four, and so forth and so on. Then when you get to your chases, you say, my chases are going to go scene one, scene thing, you know, do it in that order. That way you can keep track. You know exactly where your faders are. If you have to make a slight adjustment, you could easily get back to them. Okay. That will make your life a lot easier. And if you have to make an adjustment, you already have everything listed down in pencil or on a spreadsheet on the computer. And you can make slight adjustments. The other thing you can do is get a digital controller. Now here's where things get quite interesting. Cause the physical controller, you can get between 40 and $4,000 if you want something big to control a a whole stage. We're, We're talking something small, just a little light show for a room, okay? No big deal. So we have a $60 controller that's decent. Not great, but it does everything we need it to do. The problem is the arduous task of getting it configured. It's very time consuming, and that and we're only dealing with three banks of lights. I couldn't imagine doing something like this with ten banks of lights. The other thing you can do is get the computer base. There's some Ethernet to d m x controllers now here's where the price jumps up significantly jumps up significantly. The cheapest one I've seen for that is $150, and it comes with crippled software. Now, according to some of the reviews, the software is adequate for most of your basic things. What I just described, setting up the banks and the scenes and the chases, that comes with all the software, the different software, different levels of it. But if you wanted to move up and do things a little bit more complex, then you need to buy another level of software. So that's more money. It's something to think about if you wanted to do something complex. The other thing you can do is you can get a, a board with motorized faders. Oh, have mercy. That's when the price goes way high. I was actually considering it just for the fun. I love flying faders, you know, with the new digital audio consoles. It's great to just flip back and forth between pages and it saves all your settings. I would love to have that. But I think I'm going to go with the software um, version. Now, our church already has software to control the lights in in the main sanctuary. So I may take that we're using Enlighten by Megalight. And it works fairly well. I haven't done any deep dive uh, research into it because I haven't really messed with DMX before. But now that I wanna just do it for this little setup, it's nice to have that additional knowledge. I may do a few tutorials on Enlighten, uh, that's the name of the software, to learn it better. Like right now I can use it to control the lights, turn them on, dim them to whatever amount. We can set up different lighting scenes. But once you start adding motorized lights boy that changes a lot where they're going to point what they're going to be doing as they point how quickly they move between positions how quickly you want to transition the lights we don't do a lot with lights we just use it for backwash to separate the stage from the back wall and we also uh, do it for you know when there's something theatrical going on maybe set the mood differently. So that's the situation we have you have to configure what channels you're using you have to configure your scenes and you configure your chases i think that's going to be easier to do on the software based version i've looked up a couple of other ones as well and like i said i'm looking at between 150 dollars for the least expensive one there's there's one that's sold for 70 dollars, but it's it seems to be for testing only you can't do any scenes or chases in it and then you can move up to three, four hundred dollars, uh, and I'm I'm thinking that that's a bit more useful. Now I may not invest that money this year. I'll just use the one we have, uh, because, like I said, I'm not sure how much we're going to be using it. But this was an interesting foray into something that I hadn't done before. Digital multiplex is what DMX stands for, and as I we mentioned before. You set up the addresses on the lights, the channels on the lights, then you assign those channels to the controller. Um, you make sure they don't overlap. Then you create your scenes. Then you create your chases, and you can change the speed between uh, as the chase goes through each scene, your sequence. As it goes through each scene, you could adjust the speed of that. And there's a couple of other things that are, are possible. We just you know, you can have the lights set to go according to the music. Um, you've seen those those light shows where uh, those people set up those elaborate lighting uh, things at their homes. So they're using this type of technology. It's way beyond what we normally do. Um, and since this is on Wired, we do have to talk about the ability to do... Remote transmission for DMX. So there's quite a few devices out there that'll add another couple of hundred dollars, depending on how many fixtures you get, um, so that you can transmit and receive wirelessly using DMX. Once again, I'm not sure I'm going to go that route. I'm not sure it's that necessary for me. But it is a nice thing to have in case you have to cover a lot of area and you don't want to string up cables through it. Uh, We're not getting into the cables, there's two type of cables, either a 3-pin DMX cable which looks surprisingly like an XLR, but I've also heard that for very long runs you don't want to use XLR cables, which is surprising to me, because XLR works well in long runs. But they say for very long runs if you use XLR, the further lights from your source will start to uh, lose their timing. Uh, so there's special, uh, DMX cables that you can buy, which looks exactly like XLR. And then there's the five pin DMX, uh, cables, uh, which I don't have any. Thank goodness. It just seems like extra things that I don't need. So there you go. There was your DMX tutorial for the, for the day, year, whatever. If you'd like to get into it, I suggest you, um, Do some research, check out YouTube. I will say I have not been happy with the lower quality lighting companies. I will not mention their name because I don't want to cast too much aspersions on them. Let's just say there's one particular company. Um, Like I have quite a few Chauvet lights. C-H-A-U-V-E-T. That I'm decently happy with. Um, I like some of their PARs. There's the circular lights much more than their color palette lights. I find the color palettes are much harder to work with and much less flexible. Then there's, uh, like I said, I'm not going to mention that company. Um, And then you have your, uh, what is it, DJ America, DJ A, they make some decent equipment. There is Light. We have some of their uh, lights that uh, I got to say that I'm not that overly happy with. Like, the software is pretty good. Um, and then there are a bunch of knockoff companies you can buy over eBay or Amazon. And I have some of their motorized heads, which seem to work pretty well. There's no telling how long they'll last. But for $40 to get into it, I mean, you could buy a set of four motorized lights for 200 bucks. And uh, there's always a suggestion you buy multiple of the same lights so that the, the controls will be the same. Uh, and it'll be easier to, you know, the lighting will look the same, the controls will respond the same instead of buying a different family of lights and then they don't respond exactly the same or they've made a change with which channel does what. Other than that, If there's more that you want to learn about DMX, uh, I suggest you do your research. It's not really an unwired thing, even though I might dig a little bit deeper into it uh, if I have the time. And that is the end of our episode on DMX. As always, if you have questions or comments, hit us up on Twitter, Unwired the Podcast. It's at Unwired the Podcast. And we thank you for listening. We also have email unwired at spaceage-llc.com. And if you have comments or knowledge about DMX that I may not have covered, please feel free to let me know, especially before Christmas. Bye.